Guys, welcome back to the vlog. Vlog? <laughs> oh, man. Because I was supposed to do a video. I'm still in video world. Oh, okay. uh, welcome back to the podcast, uh, aka podcast. We talk tech, but also we, we talk life. I mean, a lot of the recent podcasts has been very, you know, they've been really good in terms of mm. the content and just talking about life and growing up. And then this happened this week, you know, Forbes, um, Kali Jenner, um, appearing on the cover of Forbes for the one billionaire, you know, she's on her way to becoming a billionaire. Um, yep. estimated, I think they said 2022 or 21, she will be a billionaire because Forbes, uh, um, they valued her company at 800 bil- uh, million right now. Oh, no, it's 900 million. No, with other assets, it becomes yeah. she she has herself and she's valued at nine hundred million. Yeah, the company itself. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. the company itself. Yeah, it's valued at eight hundred million. Um, okay, and yeah, she's on her way to becoming the youngest, <laughs> youngest self-made, hmm. as they put it. You hmm. know, she'll be the youngest self-made beating Mark Zuckerberg, our good friend Mark. Uh, <laughs> Over at Facebook, <laughs> I wonder if um, Kylie Jenner, when she yeah. beat Max Zuckerberg, yeah, to becoming the youngest self-made billionaire, if she's going to have political problems. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that's that's just a little shade. But yeah, so but the reason we're really discussing this is because after the article came out, there was a big, you know, would I say uproar? In, yeah, I guess you know on the internet. And one of them was the fact that Forbes used the word self-made. Um, one of the facts that we do have to state is that she does own 100% of the company. Um, mm. For those who don't know what it is, it's a makeup line, um, mainly focused on the lips, so lipstick. Um, I thought it was just a lipstick. Turns out it's a kit, yeah. which I guess is a, in the innovative aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So it's a kit that you can, you know, with a lip liner that, yeah. you know, lips looks fuller. Um, yeah. Interview, she said she had insecurities as um, when she was younger about her lips. And I know she used to use this filler thing. And there was this, I don't know if you ever saw that trend where people were sucking their lips in like a bottle thing and then pulling it out and their lips looks like swollen. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did yes. read something about that, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, all, it all started from, from that. So, but yeah, now, you know, she's on her way to becoming a billionaire and everyone is ranting about she's not self-made. Obviously, yeah. she came out. She's, she's the daughter of um, Chris Jenner, mm-hmm. um, only married to um, Kardashian. Um, she's part of the hit i guess it's it's a hit tv show um keeping up with the kardashians and everyone is saying she's you know she's been privileged um how you know they were already rich you know so really we can't call her self-made because she literally just you know she didn't have to do the work everyone else you know would have had to do yeah. you get for her yeah. to be to be self-made but i don't 100 percent agree okay with some of the reasons people are hating 
on her. And, and I would say some people are either hating or jealousy or they are not actually looking at it. Yeah. On the right. They are looking at it with a with a lens of, you know, there used to be this stigma about the Kardashians about they are not talented. Yeah. Are making so much money. But like for me personally, the reason I, I stopped, like when I ever first watched their show, Keeping Up With The Kardashians, I was like, this makes no sense. I don't see why we're following someone's life on TV mm. and cared about it. Um, but then I came across an interview or a documentary about Chris Jenner. And mm. I think this is, this is who really the focus should be on. It shouldn't even be on the kids. It should be on mm. this woman who maximized the potential of all her children and her, well, became husband, um, Jenner himself, former Olympian, like mm -hmm. maximized all their potentials, serial entrepreneur, like this woman works hard. There is no doubt mm -hmm. that this woman works hard. And I think, you know, when I, when I, when I heard that story of, you know, how she went about to, you know, to, to get the people around them, to create a TV show, and then put her kids in a position whereby they can literally walk into any of their dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, they can, like, the daughter woke up one morning and said, I didn't know what to do with my time. Um, and then, yeah, I decided to start. And now she's making, you know, she's being valued at 800 million. She literally walked into her dream because of the work the mom has done. Mm. When the husband was sitting at home after, you know, winning the Olympics, and she looked and said, you, you know, you, you can't just be sitting at home. People would want to hear your story. People would want to hear your voice. She started picking up the phones, using everything she's learned from her previous husband, Kardashian himself, yeah. you know, um, getting contacts and making him a spokesperson. And he went to start doing public speaking and he was getting paid. You mm -hmm. know, obviously it did help that him did a sex tape and plastic surgery or whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, she maximized the attention that came from her daughter doing that, you know, mm -hmm. to bring more eyes to them and then turn that attention into money, which has now given their, I think it's, she's the last one, that, you know, the last born, yeah. the opportunity. And yes, it, it is a privilege. You know, it is a privilege that this young woman can wake up <laughs> one morning and decide to start Business. Mm. You know, it, it is a privilege. She's she's valued more than she's worth more than Kim Kardashian herself now. She might not yeah. be as famous, but she's worth more. I think she single-handedly caught Snapchat when they when they made the UI changes. Yeah, she, we spoke about that. One single story from her and boom, Snapchat started sweating. Yeah, I mean that along with other things is, is what caused it. I wouldn't say her alone though. Yeah, no, not her alone, yeah, but yeah. You know, yeah, I guess that you could say mm. they're they're what like I'm saying, what, what I'm saying is I understand why, why people are quote unquote upset or angry or say she's not self-made. To some mm. extent, I think she is self-made because um, when I was listening to the interview, she does actually work on this stuff. You know, it's not like she's sitting at home. She yeah. came up with an idea and got some people to, you know, like just make, oh, make me the lipstick and I'll be the face. And, you know, yeah. no, she's actually putting in the effort. Yeah, what, I mean... Sorry, just the button there. Self-made isn't actually... It doesn't matter if, like, you're contributing to, you know, 
the business or anything. What matters is that you started that business from scratch yourself. Do you see what I'm saying? And yeah. that's in question isn't, again, I'm not, I haven't, you know, brought my points in across, but it's just based on how you were describing it now, that isn't really what self-made is, which is why a lot of no. people have issues with, you know, the word self-made used by Forbes, I guess. Well, I think people are saying it as in that she didn't put in, they're also looking at it as she didn't put in the work. Oh, okay. If you see you it know, from that, that perspective. Was, that yeah. just, yes, just, it, it was easy for her, mm. but everyone has some form of privilege. Mm. Like if me and you say we're going to save our money for one year, mm. take our bags to Nigeria, there's so many things, privileges that we are going to get. Mm, of course. That's because of where we're coming from, the education. But that's because our parents have also made that sacrifice yeah. for us to have certain privileges. Yeah. And the same thing her mom and her siblings have done, you know, that today she can work. I remember someone told me, like, Brandon, work hard so that your, your sister can literally walk into her dreams. Mm. And that stuck with me. That, that stuck with me so hard because... When I, when I look at myself today and I'm thinking, wow, my dad, you know, the, the hell he went through, you know, yeah. the hell my mom went through, just for me to be in a place whereby, like, look at us, for example, starting a company, you know, um, trying to build something tangible, trying to make an impact. If tomorrow our siblings come to us and say, hey, I want to start a clothing line, but I need a website. Mm. The, the privilege is that they probably don't have to pay for a website. That's true. Experience we have, we're going to pass it on to them. And then someone will look at them and be like, oh, you know, you didn't really have to do much because your brother helped you with it. You know, your brother gave you some money to start. And, but mm. isn't that what the whole, shouldn't that be the, well, that's, I guess maybe because we're Africans, should, yeah. should, shouldn't that be the, the dream? Does that make sense whereby the people behind you, we're not even talking about our kids. We're talking mm. like the ones, and I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, where the people behind you can, you know, you can pave a way for them. So when, when, when people are like hating or, you know, arguing, I, I don't care about the, the self-made stuff, you know, as yeah. long as she's actually working. She didn't just, she's not just sitting, you know, at home and allowing other people to do the work. She's actually putting in some, like she's putting in effort, mm. you know, she's putting in effort. It's like Will Smith's student, they are actually putting in Effort and I like the, the the article you sent today, um, you know where the guy was even talking about um, Elon Musk and how people were giving him slack for sending the submarine. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, those to me, those, it it just doesn't make sense. Like I, I understand there's, there's privilege and life is not fair. She has a lot yeah. more privileges than we do. You know. I mean, absolutely. Just just to say my viewpoint on this is that because you touched them by saying Elon Musk, based on the article that I sent you, what they're trying to say is that um, if you're calling Bill Gates, sorry, if you're calling um, Kylie Jenner out for not being self-made, again, I'm, I haven't taken any sides to this, but I'm still considering the word self-made. Self-made, yeah. But, yeah, but based, based on what I've read and the research I've done, I realised that if we're calling her, if we're hating on her for being self-made, or I won't say word, they are, or the world is, because they're so interested... I guess then they should be doing the same. They should be treating Bill Gates and um, what's his name, Mark Zuckerberg, in the same way, mm. because te in technical aspects, we can't really call them self-made then, because their parents were wealthy and they aided them into a good education that allowed them to get into Harvard, that allowed them to get into top, you know, top universities. Mate, 
you know, Mark Zuckerberg had a prog- a professor, a computer science professor teaching him from the age 12, I believe, not even younger. Do you see what I'm saying? So can we really use the word self-made for both of those two people as well? Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So that's why in the end of the Forbes article, the woman specifically said she's redefining the word self-made. Do you see what I mean? Because if self-made means you being unaided, you know, and coming up with as much wealth as you can, basically, in, in, in my own, you know, general high-level terms, right? But then we have to look at these guys as well, who who didn't just come, who, who came into wealth, you know, apart from... Now, actually, I don't know. I think Elon's parents were, were quite wealthy as well, to be honest. But oh, what yeah. he did... They were well to do. Maybe not as well. Yeah, yeah. The rest. Absolutely. But... Do you see what the point I'm trying to make here? That if we're questioning in whether she's self-made, then I guess we should question Bill Gates and uh, Mark Zuckerberg then, because their family was, was wealthy. And we can say their parents helped them as well. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's what comes into question. But my point, what I've learned from this whole story about her gaining 900 million... And, what I find particularly interesting is what you said about, you know, the mother and the fact that she's, she's sort of the architect. She's seen ahead. She's sort of like built it. She's built this empire that allows each and every one of her daughter to sort of, you know, as you said, follow their own dreams. But not only that, she's seen what they're good at and allowed them to capitalize on that. Like when I was doing some research, I saw that, you know, Kim Kardashian was, um, she's got her own like clothing line, you know, another one has their own, you know, uh, cosmetic, you know, yeah, Kylie has a cosmetic surgery, uh, cosmetic, sorry, I said the word surgery, I tried not to, um, has her own, uh, has her own, um, what do you call it, beauty line, do you see what I'm saying? So you can see that she sort of drafted them into these different positions and she's seen everything, Ed, which I give, like, I give her, you know, hats off to her. But yeah, that's just my viewpoint on it. And also, another thing I like to add in the general term is just the fact that we can now see, as we were discussing last week or a few weeks ago about IGTV, the power of social media. Because one thing that I saw a lot in this, um, these articles is the word Instagram, digital influencer. And what people fail to acknowledge is that three other billionaires on the list as well, oh, sorry, well, they're not the same age as they're, they're older, but they're billionaires, women as well on the list who have also made it from, you know, beauty. And the way they made it, especially from beauty, is, is through Instagram. Do you see what I'm saying? So we can see that social media is having such a huge impact nowadays that I think becoming a millionaire in the future is going to be so common. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> no, no. As in, no, again, I haven't backed this up with research, but I was reading an article, like, the amount of people that become millionaires every year now is increasing. Mm. But I guess what people need to understand is, you know, making money, understanding how to make money is difficult. Do you see what I'm trying to say? But once you've made it, I guess it's easier. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like knowing how to make money is like one of the hardest things. But once you've known how to make it the first time, you should be able to replicate it. Do you see what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to say, basically. Mm -hmm. So I think the advancement of technology, of social media, has enabled many people to become wealthy and we will see more common everyday uh, millionaires in the future. That's just what I'm predicting, what I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my 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 biggest takeaway from it is just, you know, creating opportunities for the one coming after you. I, I like we said, I, I no way hate on her, you know. I, I In fact, I applaud them, you know. And I, like what your article said about... The likes of Max Zuckerberg and Bill Gates, they never really have to worry 
about anything else. They could really just focus on, you know, what they wanted to do. They didn't have to think of, you know, the fear of if it doesn't work out, you know, mm. wasn't there. Unlike like people like us, we, we have siblings, we have, you know, I mean, some, some people still have to send money back home mm-hmm. to, to Nigeria. Some people have to support their parents, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's harder for us. But when, when I hear things like this and you find the source of, you know, where it's all coming from, it, for me, yeah. it just motivates me to say, yeah, you know, by the time my youngest one, she's going to uni, like, if she says, I want to go do this, it shouldn't be as difficult for her as it was for me. Because I, I and then the other three sisters should be able to, you know, pour our knowledge into her. And I'm, I'm even telling my, my one of my sisters now, like, before you go to uni, you, you need to publish a book. You're a writer. You, you love telling stories. We need to see something tangible. From mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the greatest book. It doesn't have to be the greatest novel. But, you know, start actually creating stuff so we can see where you need to improve. You know, like the other one, she's into um, hair. And I, I even bought her a wig. I went online, bought her a wig. I sat with her. She was watching um, YouTube videos on how to, like, do the edges and straighten it and wash it. And, you know, because, like you say, in this whole beauty thing, you know, it, they can actually use it to, to feed themselves when they get to uni. They don't have to go get mm-hmm. a job, you know. Mm-hmm. And that can, you never know what it can escalate into or grow into. So... 100%. No, I definitely agree with you. I feel like I've been talking to a few of my friends about this and I've had a discussion, you know, with um, you guys in the chat as well about this, actually, in the sense that in the black community, I think our focus should be more on building, like, you know, next generational wealth, knowing that, like, if anything happens to, like... But not, not even that, but knowing that your wealth can be passed on, like, to generations, like... Do you see what I'm trying to say? You know sort of like what the Asians have done with like property and sort of knowing that they've always, they're always passing on property to like their, you know, children and all this stuff. I think that's something that the black community needs to work on. The Jews and Asians do predominantly well. So I think, yeah, that is definitely an aim for sure. And nowadays it's not, again, I don't want to make it sound like it's, it's not easy, but nowadays it's easier than it was back in the days because there was no social media. There was no such thing as digital influencer or, you know, an influencer in itself. So understanding how the game works and understanding how to market yourself nowadays is important. And I think once you've clocked the formula or you've understood how it works, and I think anyone, again, I think people can aspire to become future millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, that's what I feel. Yeah, I, well, I guess, again, it's it's based on where you're located because we, in what sense for example someone in nigeria it, it will be a lot harder i mean of course global influencer although like but position like where we are now mm. and even even minus influencers just the internet giving you knowledge into how the stock market works mm, mm. how investing works mm. how you know how writing a book works how becoming a programmer works how yeah. to make money from your bedroom works, you know. I, I understand what you're saying. It it is it is not easy, but it's it's a lot. The tools it's, are a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. To, to aid you, but it it depends on what you then do with with those tools. You know, it depends mm. on what you do. Segue into our next topic: what you do with your time.
you know, your time after uni, your time during the summer breaks, your time when you come back from work, you know, what, what, you know, what do you do with your time? How do you maximize your mm. time to create these opportunities for yourself? You know, uh, 100%. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm just saying like people need to shift their focus away from um, the, either the traditional, not necessarily shift their focus away from the traditional means of earning an income and growing wealth, but also maximize the, the little time. Actually, not little time, because trust me, if you wake up at five, you will realize how much time you have in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually, 24 hours is actually enough. Mm-hmm. When, when people say, oh, we just don't have enough time. I remember when I was like 15. No, not 15. Yeah. I, was, I was in England then. No, I'm 17. Forgive me, 17. And around 4.30, my dad woke me up and my little sister, she was like 11 or 12 then. And yeah. put us in the car, took us, drove us to like a nearby town to, to like all these um, Saturday, Sunday markets. Yeah. To go buy stuff at like 4.30 in the morning. By 6, we're back home. Yeah. We shower, we have breakfast. And you do your chores and you realize it, it's only 9 o'clock. And you think like, that was, that was the first time I ever realized we actually have a lot of time on our hands, mm. you know, because it, it's really just how you use your time. If you actually go to bed by 10 and wake up yeah. by 5, you've slept a good seven hours. Yeah. Do you really need more than the seven hours sleep? If you wake up by 5, shower, if you're the type to do morning devotions or meditations, have breakfast, you can do all of that in, in an hour and an hour and a half. So yeah. 6.30, you go to work, you come back. After, after you, you come back from work, yeah. you know, I, I, I believe in this. Um, I, I believe, like for me, I have two working schedules, mm-hmm. you know. So you have your 9 to 5 and you have your 7 to 11 or mm-hmm. 6 to 12, depending on how. And that 6 to 12 is for me to really maximize my time, you know. So, you, you know, so I, I think people need to, to shift their attention and make the most of the time that they have. You know, yeah. we, we have one of the most powerful tools ever made in, our, in the palm of our hands, you know, and people are still saying, I'm bored, I don't know what to do. Find some time, find some time to do something. Whoa, 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 whoa. Or how do I do this? Just, just Google it. It's, it's cliche to say, but it's actually true. Just it's the truth. Just Google it. There's almost nothing you can't find. I, I doubt today there's actually. I, I'm curious to know what part, what information we cannot find on Google. Because I once googled the village my father is from. Yeah. And someone made a website with the <laughs> whole history, on, the whole history, and a map of the whole community. Oh wow! The internet worm or. <laughs> you know so yeah just just maximizing time i mean you know just just to be on the other side of the conversation in a sense is time management is one of those you know tricky processes that's hard to master and as well as it's easy to say you know i know you're right time is luxury and time is is one of the most best assets we have in life in which we can't buy back right all that mm-hmm. stuff but in reality a lot of people can't manage time well because 
when people come back from work, they're dealing with enough stress of what happened at work. Their, you know, their mind is everywhere as to, you know, what's happening. So I don't think everyone has the opportunity to have this six to 12. You know, it takes the most determined and dedicated people to say to, them, to, say to themselves that I'm going to keep pursuing this and I have to get come out of the rat race. Do you see what I'm saying? But if we're talking about the everyday person who's, who's you know, going through the process of work and, and doesn't have, you know, a side, a side hustle, then trying to find something all perfect, your time management is, is, is very tough. And also, as we were talking about the internet, yes, the internet has is, is become so resourceful these days and there's tons of opportunities that, you know, is, they're still being untapped. You see what I'm saying? But at the same time, you know, technology such as YouTube and and Netflix has also caused it to be a, a time waster. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's also about finding the balance and how to use this piece of technology to 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 you know to advance yourself, to be better. Do you see what I'm trying to say? So it's 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 a mix of both worlds, both sides for you have to consider the the grey patch where there's people who don't actually know how to start, how to perfect their time process. And, and I think that's, that's important. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is important, but I, I would say it, it depends on... If, if you're someone who is... Like, not, not everyone is called to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, we, we're not all running the same, the same race. We're all on different journeys, you know. I have a colleague of mine. He loves his job. Every Wednesday, every Wednesday, he goes to Capoeira. He travels, you know, like three times a year, goes drink his wine in the south of France. Mm-hmm. You know, he, to him, that's how he, you know, maximizes his time. He, he, learn, he learns languages. He watches Marvel and, you know, Netflix series. And he's, he's enjoying his life. But then you also have people who, you know, have a job or entrepreneurs and 24 seven, they're on the clock. They have it on lockdown, you know, maximizing every, every hour, every second. I think if you're in between, you need to decide. You can't, you can't, you know, claim that you want to, you know, you want to be wealthy. You, you want to be rich. And yet you're, you're living your life like someone who, is satisfied with their nine to five mm. or just doing the, 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 the minimum required to survive, mm. you know? So it's, it's, it's hard. No, I'm not saying it's easy. None of, even the two, none of it is easy. I, I work a nine to five. There are some, there's even a week or two, I come home and I find it hard to even write one line of code or open a WordPress website, you know? That part is hard, but when you've made your mind up, yeah, and it is sincerely your desire, there's a there's a sense of there's an energy that comes, you know, or a, a self encouragement that mm. you have to learn, you know, to push yourself because you know what the end goal is. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, for me, the end goal is freedom you know, financial freedom, not financial freedom in the sense that I don't have to work a day in my life. I'm still going to be working, but the freedom of, if I don't wake up today and go to my nine to five, I can't pay my bills. You know, so I, I know what I'm working towards, 
you know, I know why sometimes I stay up to one o'clock, you know. So, and also I think some people just haven't found what to do with their time. Haven't identified what they can do with their time as well. So exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying about the gray patch areas. But here's my question. Then, what would you say is, do you have any sort of tips or sort of on time management that you can sort of dish out to the world that you think is, you know, has been helpful to you or you're still trying to learn? Um, I think funny enough that the thing that has been most helpful to me, which surprisingly enough was creating a physical to-do list. So not a to-do not to list on my phone, but actually writing out the goals that I need to achieve maybe in the month or in the first quarter. In the, I, I never set my goals, you know, like, oh, I have to do one page of a website, you know, by this day. Mm. It's, I always do it as, as a whole. Like, okay, I have, a, I have maybe a website to do or I have a book to read. I have this to pay off. It has to be done by so, so, and so date. And I'm very realistic with my time. I know I procrastinate. I know that there are chances for distractions or other things that emergencies to come in, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm very realistic as to how I spread my time. I haven't spread, I haven't allowed myself time to say, oh, I would watch maybe, if I were to watch Netflix in between, this is how long it would take me to do something. Yeah. But I never let it, you know, I'm very, but I'm very disciplined to say, very, I'm still learning to be disciplined enough to say when it's time to get something done, it has to get done. So what would you say then? Would you say that having a physical to-do list is what helps you to manage your time well? Yes. Uh, a, a clear target, a clear goal, and uh, a physical to-do list. Target, in this, um, a goal in the sense that I, the overall picture, what the end game is. You know, maybe what the end game is at the end of the year, the end game in five years, and then the targets or milestones along the way that would help me achieve set goal time frame. Are you talking about a yearly to-do list or are you talking about a daily one? Because I guess what you're describing here is like yearly or sort of long-term. So I'm, I'm, I'm very weird in the sense that, in the sense that I, I need to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Okay. Else, Elaborate. So for example, the last two, the last month I've really been struggling to go to work, you know, I think I, I mentioned this to you about, yeah. was, and I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, there, there was no motivation. There was no, you know, I, not that I don't like my job itself, but I was a bit ill. I was tired. I, there, there was just no excitement to go to work. First, I thought it was laziness. And then I was borderline starting to just feel very sad. Mm. And I remember why I'm doing what I'm doing which is something that's probably like 20 years down the line is so I can gain the experience that I can bring back to other, you know, to other personal projects I want to pursue. And also the fact that my job actually affects the life of people. So that allows me to wake up. And then, but then for the end goal, I know, okay, I I need to make websites. I need to build a portfolio and then we get possibly clients, clients or projects. And then those things come into daily, weekly, yearly plans. So okay. mine, mine is very specific to me, but I think creating a, a to-do list, know yourself well enough, create a to-do list and say, these are set things I want to achieve. 
these are the dates I need to achieve them by, you know, yeah. certain things that create a domino effect for other things to work. So, you yeah, know, okay, in January, I need to do my driving license. So for me to get my driving license, I need to take practical lessons and do my theory. Okay, my, I need to do my theory in the first two weeks. So that means every day you're going to commit one, one hour of study for the next two weeks. That, that's the way I literally break it, you know, my, my plans out. Yeah. It's, it's a bit, I guess it's a bit obsessive, like to know every single detail, but for mm. me, that's what works. You know, so when I'm studying and I'm reading that theory and I'm not enjoying it, I have to remind myself like, okay, I'm, I'm not enjoying it in this moment, but I know why. Yeah. And the, the dirty work that no one sees. So a yeah. physical to-do list for me is, is what works. That's interesting. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I, I used to just focus on a physical to-do list as well. But, and also I think what's important is on, on, on my, based on my life, it's, um, and I think it will help, you know, a lot of people is having a, a daily routine. So sort of. I've seen the power a daily routine can have on, you know, my productivity in the day. And sort of my time management, it's sort of like your brain suddenly becomes um, used to this form of habit. But in terms of getting work done, I tend to, yeah, I used to have a physical to-do list. And what I'll do is write the top three things I have to do today. And notice I said three things because when I used to put too many things, like so say six tasks or seven, I realized I'll do one or two and beat myself up for not, you know, doing the rest of the tasks that day so i would have to i've learned to you know just carry it on to the next day so having a physical to-do list is great and also another reason why it's great is the fact that you can physically tick you know uh a task off when you're done and literally throw it in the bin when you've done all of them that physical aspect makes you feel happy you know as 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 a human being and these are just for my daily tasks and recently i've i've been because i just i recently finished reading a book called four hour week and I've been adopting these two principles called um, once it's called the eighty twenty rule, which is um, in other words uh, Pareto's rule or Pareto's principles, whatever you want to call it, which states that find the twenty percent of things you do in your life or the twenty percent of tasks that are bringing eighty percent of you know the results or the best outcome. Do you see what I'm saying? And that's basically what I'm focusing on now. And the second principles or the second sort of strategy i'm focused on now is sort of giving myself time limits in terms of projects so have you noticed how when we had deadlines in uni a lot of people would do them like a week before and still complete it whereas we got the assignment three months before do you see what i mean so the fact is that you having a shorter time span tells your brain okay i got to finish it it forces you to finish it on the deadline so so sort of limiting the amount of time you have for a deadline and saying in advance, I'm going to spend two weeks finishing this mobile lab or website. That's better than just putting on your to-do list and saying, finish this mobile app today because that's not very specific because you've said, which is why I asked you, are your, are your targets or goals sort, sort, sort of, you know, yearly or daily? And that's why I asked basically. But again, it's, it's very tough. It's a process that I am, I'm still trying to refine and perfect it's so difficult in the sense that sometimes tasks take longer than, you know, than expected. And every day is never the same for me in the sense that I have like different issues and difficulties every day. 
almost days that I can't sort of control in the day. So that was, that sort of affects it and sort of trying to bounce back from that. But I think, yeah, in general, finding a time, time management technique that works for you is, is what's important. Because as you said, everyone's in, you know, everyone's in different circumstances in life. You have to find which one that works for you. You know, some people might have other responsibilities like kids they have to look after and knowing when to work after that. Do you see what I'm saying? And, you know, some people as well might, you know, have to look after certain people, you know, in certain times. So knowing what works for you and the hours in which you can work, as you said, you know, that six to 12 is a common thing. And there's another one, that thing that's like, uh, what was the other one you said? Like seven to one. Some people's like eight to, you know, three and all that stuff. But Again, it all depends on, on you and what you're doing. But I think mastering your time time management is, is, is very important. But also, I think the key questions that, you know, everyone should be asking themselves when doing these tasks or having these goals is, you know, what is your why? You know, I was watching a video by a guy called Simon Sinek. So he's talking about, like, careers and goals and all that stuff. And, you know, actually finding out what your why is sort of helps you to understand why you're actually doing things and, you know... It's very important to ask yourself what your why is every day, like I've stressed in the last podcast. So I think that's what I force myself to do every day as well. Yeah. Very, very few people or organizations know why they do what they do. And by why, I don't mean to make a profit. That's a result. It's always a result. By why, I mean what's your purpose? What's your cause? What's your belief? Why does your organization exist? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? And why should anyone care? De- definitely finding out um, the why and also just finding something that you're, you're genuinely interested in. Yeah. You know, although I won't say f- <laughs> passion comes and goes, if we're being honest. Um, and sometimes there are things you're just really naturally good at. Yeah. You might not even like, but it comes naturally to find a way to maximize that to allow you then pursue the other things, you know, that you want to do with your free time. You know, I I just think it's it's really just important that we do not actually waste time. Someone said, obviously, time, you know, you can never get time back. So the way people usually catch up is to borrow time from their future self. The, wow. After I listened to that, I noticed that I actually do that. There are certain things I should have finished. And then when I have to catch up, I'm basically borrowing time from, from my future. So I'm literally, as I, the time I should have gone to the gym, I'm either using it to do something that I should have done two weeks or a month. Yeah. And then you start feeling sad because maybe the gym was, a, for me, like was a sense of relief. Or, uh, you know, just maybe the time I should have actually relaxed and played game or watched a series. I actually don't even watch series like that anymore. But, you know, just the, the time you can relax, you're not borrowing it. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to get to a case whereby you're doing overdraft. So I mean, hundred percent. Also, I don't want this podcast to sort of sound like boring and stuff by us just saying, "Yeah, find what you're good at." You know, focus on this. I also want to say, like, find the right balance as well. You know, I feel like me as every year as I'm, you know, growing, I feel like it's very important to make sure you experience just being in life, being in the moment of now. So I feel like have a balance in terms of working really hard and also knowing, and again. I'm saying all this stuff, but I know I don't even do this stuff enough for myself. <laughs> Just what I'm saying. Like, I still need to, like, take a lot of time off and take a breather. But I feel like it's something that's very important for us to, to you know, to start practicing. So, which is why I sort of want to get into skateboarding. And I've started playing chess recently. 
because that's my breather. You know, with all this stuff I'm doing on the computers and stuff, I need something to sort of take my mind off something and, you know, reading books and all this stuff. So also find like an, a hobby or something that you really sort of enjoy doing that doesn't involve work. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm still in my, in my to-do list of things. I still want to paint, you know, I know it sounds weird. You know, my friend will say he wants to like put, do pottery and all that stuff. But as funny as it sounds, it's actually, this stuff is actually relieving. You know, you're doing something else that's, that's, um, that's not work basically. And I think finding that balance is, uh, is important because we have to enjoy this process as well. You know, the process of being an entrepreneur or whatever word you want to use, self-made we can use, I guess, is, um, <laughs> is, is very important to find that balance, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. Enjoy the process. Everything's about experience. You know, meeting new people is what excites me these days and seeing what fascinating things they're doing and just, you know, going out there to the world and making the most of it. Yeah, it's cool to work hard on your dreams, but enjoy it in the process at the same time, you know? That's what makes the process even more better. You know, you're enjoying it. And again, notice I didn't say, again, your enjoyment might be you watching Netflix. You know, I'm not judging anyone, you know, we're all guilty of that. But what I mean by enjoying is just finding something that's totally different that you would enjoy doing. You know, I feel like enjoy the process. That's what I've got to say. Me, bro. So I guess we can move on to the next topic now. So as, well, if you guys follow the podcast, you know we do a segment at the end focused on Africa. Yeah. And this week we're looking at um, Zimbabwe and the fact that they are launching a space agency, which to me is just awesome. Like, yeah, it came out of the blue. Well, it's not like I look at African news every single day. Yeah. But it's not something I was expecting to hear, you know, come out. Like, I, you know, I was not expecting any, you know, like, I mean, if I was even expecting someone to do it, I would think it's South Africa or Nigeria. My hosts are too high for Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. To be honest, like, that was the preconception I had before, you know, we decided to discuss this topic. So not to cut you off or anything, but um, I actually thought Zimbabwe was the first African country uh, to actually, you know, have start their own space agency. But, you know, due to my ignorance, I decided to research and, and actually realized that there are already five, you know, African space agencies in, in um, Africa that, that have already started their own space agencies. And Kenya have just been the recent names and um, now Zimbabwe. So if we were to talk about, you know, the, the five before you carry on, the five people that already have space agencies or, or countries in Africa is South Africa, as we expected, oh, okay. Nigeria. These two um, African countries are actually the top two who are leading the race, surprisingly for some. Uh, the third country is Ghana. And they're even planning to launch their first satellite in 2018 this year. And the fourth country is Algeria. And lastly, Egypt. So these five countries already have uh, space agencies in Africa. And already, remember, I said Kenya has recently joined that list and now Zimbabwe. So I know it looks exciting. I don't want to like sort of numb down the excitement for Zimbabwe. This is something that's, that's already been 
been done by African countries. But I guess, by African countries, I should say. But I guess every time there's a new African country, there's a sense of excitement. So, yeah. I I, I, I think it's something we should be excited about. Mm -hmm. Because... Um, from the article I read, even the moment I heard it, the first thing I thought about was the potential and the amount of jobs it could create. And then when I when I read that that article, and they did highlight that you know this is something that would go on to create you know a lot of jobs for people, but also allowing them to excuse me to study um, different aspects and you know improve certain conditions or use use the satellites to capture certain information that would allow them, you know, improve certain conditions in, in the country. So mm. for, for me, that, that was actually the most, the, the, the most um, exciting part in it. Just, you know, the, the opportunities that can come from something like this. Mm. Um, I'm not actually surprised that Egypt, Algeria, and the countries you mentioned, I don't even know why I didn't think that they would have one. Maybe because yeah. I didn't read about it. Bro, you're not the only one. I too was had this ignorance. You know, but once you mentioned it, it made sense. Like actually, yeah, they would like the history of those countries. It makes sense that they would actually have absolutely. One. And but, yeah, but my thing is like when we look at a place like Nigeria, <laughs> I knew you would say this. We're Nigerians, and I'm very passionate about Nigeria, and I'm not trying to, you know, knock them down or compare. This is Zimbabwe's moment. But like, what are we doing? I might be ignorant about yeah. what I'm about to say next, but you can at me, mm. brand underscore air on Twitter. Yeah. I've, I've, in the last <laughs> year, I have actually been on jobs. So like, I've been looking into Nigeria because I have a plan of actually trying to move there for a year. Mm-hmm. No, I've not come across anything to do with, you know, satellite innovation of, of this magnitude. Mm-hmm. I only ever see about the small private companies who are trying to help local communities or who, you know. So when, when I see something like this, I, I, I do get excited. Yeah. You know, um, when they spoke about looking into the um, agriculture, um, you know, because it also allow like um, foreign investment, and then also helping their infrastructure, creating jobs for people who are, you know, so thin, thin, things like that. Absolutely. I think another thing I'm, I'm always happy to see when these new things come is sort of um, the advancements we're making in terms of a country in general, you know. I feel like we have to be able to, I won't say compete, but we have to be able to put ourselves in a standard, not against the Western culture or anything, but I think it's good to have these sort of advanced research that we're doing in our own nation, to enhance the nation, if that makes sense. I think these things are good as well because research, we know, is, you know, very important. It's what takes a country from, you know, being unknown to being known. And it's what, you know, actually impacts the future of a country. But in terms of this space stuff, though, like, I've just been, like, researching so much and I've sort of been excited by what I've been reading. Like, contrary to popular belief, Nigeria's one actually started... They started theirs in like 2001, which is like earlier than a lot of these countries on the list. And I'm pretty quite surprised that I haven't heard of this about Nigeria's Space Agency, which is interesting. But I was surprised to hear that ours started back in 2001. It was established in 2001, I should say, and it's called the National Space Research and Development Agency. We've launched five 
um, self-made satellites that are used for various tasks, including performing environmental and scientific studies in the larger Niger Delta and locating terrorists from the region's terror group, Boko Haram, which I found interesting. And we also had our first telecommunication satellite known as the the NIG ComSat 13, which was launched in May 2007. And it was designed to offer... Um, phone, television, and internet coverage across West Africa. But it was later shut down due to the lack of substantial solar power, which I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted by. Um, <laughs> its replacement is a NIG ComSat 1R, was launched in December 2011 and utilizes a DFH4 band to bring telecommunication service to the larger West Africa. But, 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 I would like to talk about this before we sort of end. None of this would have been made possible without one guy. This is one dedicated guy I'm surprised not a lot of Africans speak about. And his name is Edward Mukaka Enkoloso. And I'm going to tell you a story about this fascinating gentleman. So what he did was he was um, actually the first person to attempt landing on the moon. The first African, I should say, sorry, to attempt landing on the moon in 1964. Uh, he was a Zambian high school teacher and he attempted to outdo America and the Soviet Union in the race to land on the moon. I think this is amazing. I never heard about this in science. Anyway, although he did not succeed, unfortunately, his ambitious idea gave rise to the numerous space programs that Africa boasts about today and i think that's incredible so well done to wow. edward mikaka and coloso like you know kudos to you but what do you think about that i find that fascinating man that's, that's incredible i mean again I, one of the things this podcast you know has allowed me to do is to focus when, when you you know when we said we should be doing the segment on africa mm. and you start reading on africa as a whole mm. realizing the history the innovation mm. uh you know, the resources, the talent, the intelligence of of that continent, mm. it's, it's just beyond one's imagination. Mm. Unfortunately, history has been rewritten so much that some of it is lost or some of it is hidden. hidden. Yes. And we, you know, like you mentioned in this name now and you realize, oh, wow, but no one ever told us that. They just tell us about America mm. and the Soviet ones. Decide to leave out, you know, <laughs> the African guy. Exactly. You know, so it's it, it's amazing. That's it's amazing. I'm I'm genuinely stunned. Yeah. So I'm actually on on the the um, the National Space Research and Development Agency website right now. Nice. I might for jobs. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but also there's also talk of uh, many people have been saying that all the countries in Africa should sort of merge together to create an African, like sort of a pan-African space program that will help the continent realize its ultimate goal, basically. But um, a specialist in South Africa who works for some space agency in South Africa said, right now, she doesn't think this should be the goal because she thinks that all countries in Africa should focus on building their programs. And in the future, once they've all gotten to a good level, then it's time for them to merge all together. And I think she summed up well. I think it would be great to see all the countries in Africa that have their own space agencies and technology to merge together and sort of have our own dominance in, in space research and technology. I mean, for, for me personally, I think, I would say maybe not all countries in Africa just yet. As she mentioned, everyone should probably get up to a certain, you know, level or standard. Yeah. But if I, I think it would be good for neighboring countries. So like Nigeria and Ghana are closed. Yeah. If they can put in a couple more around them, you know. Um, the countries in the north, Egypt, 
Algeria, Tunisia, all those guys. Yeah. They pull together. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think something like that would would work. So, I mean, it's it's time to be honest. Africa starts, you know, pulling each other to you know along. Mm. If one is doing well, let's take someone else with us. Mm. When it's difficult to do, but I think that's the only way we would rapidly get to a place to compete in with, you know, with with Europe. Because in all honestly, if three countries, four countries in Africa come together, they can actually compete with with Europe mm. or with America. Oh, but again, it's it's Africa, isn't it? We we have our our issues but i mean imagine you know the first satellite that was trying to be built by nigeria had an issue because of you know we didn't have enough solar power that's crazy mm-hmm. with the amount of heat and sun that we get it's it's just that's shocking to me i don't know we'll see but again I, as we've said i'm very excited about this and this stuff makes me happy man it's just it's great to see is there anything else you would want to add on this topic of space um National Space Research and Age, um, and Development Agency, would you allow us to redo your website? <laughs> <laughs> what? How does it look? It looks like a basic WordPress website. Oh, and, damn. Oh, oh, About Us has no content on it, just a footer. That's a bad mistake, guys. <laughs> I didn't actually check the website, actually. That's a good um, spot. I might have to send them an email or something. You re- remember that time we tweeted that Primark? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We tweeted at Primark. That was funny, man. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It's good they got back to us and explained to us why, though. So I, I give them some um, acknowledgement for that. Wow. Sweet. Do you want to wrap up then? Yeah, man. Guys, thanks for listening. Belgium got knocked out of the World Cup. I'm still a bit upset. Oh yeah, and so did England. Uh, it's not coming home, guys. <laughs> it's not. I knew, I knew you were going to say this. I actually think England did incredible. No, they know. did well. If anyone give them any slack, that person doesn't even deserve our time. 100%. They did very well. They should actually even give them like a full-on welcome. When they wouldn't beat, they wouldn't beat um, Belgium for third place. I'm still biased. <laughs> or, you know, we'll see. I think, I think they, there's a chance. Yeah, there's no chance. We'll see. We'll see. But also, there's one thing I like to say is we have to um, sort of give our hats off to, we don't have to, but I think uh, the manager, Southgate, he was impressive. I think he did well. Because right. as me and my friend were discussing a few days ago, like he didn't just pick, he wasn't biased in his picking. He was, he picked players that were on top of their game last season in terms of form. And he brought mixtures of, of young players together and, you know, created this team that was, you know, young, pacey. And I think if he, if they continue to groom this squad with the ones we currently have and a few more additions, I think there's a lot of potential. We have a lot of potential, definitely. Yeah. But overall, they did well, and I'm looking forward to the final on Sunday. What's your call? Let's make some predictions. I'm my prediction oh. is for France to win. I mean, I want, I think France, but it's not going to be as easy as people think. Yeah, I mean, no, of course. The thing about me in football is I'm pragmatic. Like, I don't write off any country and say, like, you know, when England were playing, I, I wanted England to win. Like, of course, but. I had to be pragmatic in the same time, knowing how Croatia play and not write them off. Because I felt like a, a lot of England fans, fans, I should say, they sort of um, wrote Croatia off. You see what I'm saying? So I, I didn't do that in that sense. I knew they were threat. I knew Modric. And I, I literally said Modric and um, what's that guy's name? Mandzukic. Oh. No, no, Mandzukic. Yeah, Mandzukic. Yeah. 
Yeah, that guy, like, I've seen him play, so I knew that they shouldn't, especially on on the estimate, those two. Yeah. But we'll see what the final brings and see how it goes. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So we'll see you in our next podcast. Who knows what we'll discuss, but I'm sure it'll be something interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure something will come up. So someone was bound to do something. Yeah, that that'd be great. <laughs> it'll be great to to get um, you know, suggestions. But these topics as well sometimes come from people just WhatsApping me and saying, you know, you guys talk about this and stuff like that. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Right All now, right. I saw to be honest, I sort of like sort of like the niche right now whereby because we don't how can I say this? We have the flexibility to sort of speak how we want and do what we want because there's not a lot of people listening right now. Do you see what I'm saying? I think that's mm. a great thing because it allows us to sort of refine each process and improve this game of podcasting. So I'm actually quite happy, but of course I would like more listens. But again, I'm happy, man. Yeah, so it's a wrap. It's a wrap. See ya. Peace.